This episode is sponsored by Slots Racer, the number one slot car racing game for the iPhone and iPad. Download it now for free from the App Store. Fans of the show even get a special Gareth Jones on speed car. Mmm. Madame et Monsieur of the Press, we present to you for the first time our 2014 Renault Formula One AG. A V6 Turbo, which will be delivered to our customers later this year. Any questions? Uh, yes, here. Are your customers? Yes. Do they get to keep the Renault 25 that it comes in? Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed, brought to you not only in stereo but also in 3D. Watch this. I'm over here. I'm over here. Now I'm behind you. That probably didn't work that last bit. I'm Gareth Jones, he's Zog. Hello. And he's Richard Porter. Hello. You guys, have you been watching Sky? Because for the first time ever, Sky have been covering testing in Barcelona and to a lesser extent Jerez very, very well on the programme and they're about to do a 3D thing. Do you know this? Do they fall in 3D? I haven't, I, mean, I haven't been watching Sky yet this year, unfortunately. 3D, I'm kind of sceptical about all kinds of 3D stuff. I've never seen a 3D film apart from one or two IMAX computer rendered things that really impressed me. I'm waiting for 4D. And, and 3D TV hasn't worked for me. There's no, too much I of that stuff where things poke out of the... Stop it. Poke it's... beyond the bounds of the screen yeah you know it's irritating is it yeah. there's always a bit in a 3d production where someone will have to reach towards the camera for something <laughs> throw a chainsaw or, at you yeah exactly it's just well, what they're gonna do basically it happens one, every 20 years doesn't it there's a 3d boom True, yeah, yeah. you remember when in the I, 80s I, I, it happened jaws in 3d so just sod off yeah. the real world is 3d <laughs> we've got enough of that one of the beauties of television and film is the two-dimensional of it the fact that you're watching something on a two-dimensional format that's then projecting to you three-dimensional things but not trying to make them actually three-dimensional and you can make a virtue of that we see the world in film and on television in a way we don't see it in real life and that's partly why it's such glorious escapism and even something that's actuality like formula one i still don't want to have for example jensen button's car zooming into the middle of my face i'm quite happy (laughs) just to watch a race as an event that i'm a spectator at remotely there's no need yeah i'm perfectly happy to have it as a 3d experience as long as it's a convincing 3d experience well it won't be though because we've all been to formula one races where you get a kind of separate planes of no it's just which is how it always comes across in awful nonsense because you go to a formula one race and it's so much more than just the three-dimensionalness of it it's the noise and the atmosphere and the smell and the buzz in the air and everything about it and you will never replicate that on television so why even try just accept it's a televisual broadcast and it's fine as it is stop mucking about yeah you say why would you do it well you know one reason you can charge more for it Uh, uh, to some people do want it I don't know how many well they're they're idiots yeah (laughs) hey so apart from all the 3D nonsense that's going on in Spain sorry I've started off a bit cross I've got a cold and it's making me a bit he's allowed to be cross about 3D I have no real interest I'll tell you what if you want 3D I will come over and I will sneeze on you now that's a 3D experience you do not want (laughs) the thing is it's 5D 3D is interesting I've actually made some 3D stuff I remember years ago doing some computer rendered stuff computer animated stuff where I came up with a way 
in the computer modelling programme to create two separate camera positions, one of which had a red filter in front of the virtual camera, one of which had a blue filter in front of the virtual camera, and then combined these two different bits of moving footage to create 3D stereoscopic stuff. It, it worked. It's fascinating stuff. You know, the, the, the technology of it and how you do 3D is fascinating. Mm. But as a viewing experience and as part of a storytelling thing, yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't. If you're that obsessed with 3D, I don't know, go and see a go play. Outside. Yeah, 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 I like the way you Go and see yeah. a play, go no, to the no, zoo, do no. something real. Or don't go to a play, theatre's rubbish, go and see a film, but go to the zoo, the zoo's okay. <laughs> or <laughs> become a Formula One driver, if, yes. that's what, if you want more realism, real 3D. go and do it yourself. Right, But the stuff that's got me excited has got nothing to do with the technology used to cover the racing, but it's the technology on the cars. You know Sutton Images, you do all the fantastic pictures in yeah. F1. I went to their website recently and they've got a whole gallery of almost spy shots, you might say, of the cars. In amazing detail, like Giorgio Piola's drawings you get oh, in yeah. the auto car. But these are the photographs. And I am proper knocked out at the detailing on the aerodynamic side on the cars. Well, it's probably because it's 3D. You banged your head on a wall. Keep this going, please. I, I, <laughs> I, I want more of those. The obvious thing is, you know, this is testing. Mm. So they're trying stuff out, which probably isn't going to make the race car. Flow viz all over the place. Yeah, There's yeah. lots yeah, of cars yeah. wearing flow. I like, There's I, something endearingly low-tech about flow yeah, viz, isn't there? Yeah. It's, it's old school. Yeah, But, but it clearly works. Yeah, it clearly exactly. works really well. If it wasn't the best way of getting that information at that time, you know, they wouldn't be doing it. It does rather look like someone who's been eating asparagus has pissed on the Ferrari, though. Oh, the smell alone no, would be yeah, imagine it's, it's, it's a smell thing. There were lots of other stuff on the cars as well, pitot tubes. They seem to have these large, grey, almost snorkels mounted on top of the car these mm. days. It's measuring airspeed above the car and I stuff I'll tell like you what, that. fitting them as well, he's rushed off his feet, old pitot tubes. <laughs> Ireland's leading consultants. What are those PD tubes actually doing? Again, they're quite they, old school, aren't yeah, they? Well, you know, yeah. They've got to know how fast the car's going. Mm. Well, yeah, but I, they're allowing. I can't believe cross... it's the best way of figuring out the how quick the car. You know, is it, okay, uh, a... as far as I understand, wind tunnels generally work on cars going straight forward on a rolling road. The yeah. air all happens in one direction. Immediately start turning, you're changing the vector of that wind flow by anything up to 90 degrees. You know, cars behave differently side onto the wind, three quarters of the wind, than they do straight on. And so what they have to do is measure the forces on the car in every direction. I think that's what they're doing with the pitot tubes. But the best thing, Ferrari and McLaren were both running what looked like a toast griddle. I love saying that, griddle, on their cars, just around about the rear wheels. They had this sort of flat plate with what must have been a 100 pitot tubes pointing forward little brass tubes. It looked like you could toast muffins on it. And it was measuring the airflow in that particular area in enormous detail. A pitot tube, it measures pressure, doesn't air it? Pressure, it measures yeah. Air pressure. Yeah. So, it's so like so a straw you've got pointing a grid, forward. You've got a very accurate, instantaneous yep. measure of the air pressure in that plane. In that plane, grid, exactly. Yeah, yeah, at that yeah, point, yeah. in that position on the vehicle, yeah. Because yeah. they still use them on aeroplanes. On the leading edge of the I yeah. think if you ever see spy photos of road car prototypes being tested, where they're all gaffered up and whatever, very often, just on the roof, they'll have a little 
silver tube again I think mm. a pitot tube oh. they, so it's still there I wonder if it's because it is absolutely rock solid accurate where even GPS mm. can't be relied upon to measure things accurate these cars are yeah. pursued with pitot tubes yeah Red Bull have you noticed they're going to the traffic light thing over the cars for the pit stop rather than big soft yeah. out of the lollipop yeah and their traffic light thing have you seen it it's like something in a war of the worlds it's right. it's very, right. it's a, it's a, it's a, but it does doesn't it it, it does. is it yeah, looks yeah. like the alien at the original 1953 war of the worlds movie but it also of course is the infinity logo mm. clever bit of marketing ah, smart okay. the Williams looks as if a dinosaur has taken a bite out of the back of the car like the engine stops there we'll have that boom there's a whole bit missing they're actually using a fin to make it legal because it's so small their gearbox it's so tiny that it really looks like there's a bit of the car missing and this is where the gains are it seems these days the management of the airflow after the coke bottle the flat plate before the rear wheels they're working on that they've got carbon fibre guttering with very illegal like fins which reach out into the guttering and it's oh no no it's not a solid fin they are in fact two extensions of the bodywork and they don't quite meet there's a hair breadth in between yeah. well that's it you're calling it very illegal you know if it's on the car I'm sure it's legal oh, but it's been, if not you can never have an argument no they've been told yeah. it's illegal it's oh, they have. come off yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, but, but enough, they, yeah. they do other things as well um, I'm corrected. you're only allowed to have certain apertures in certain places of one aperture you're not allowed to have stuff like gills. You know, you see all these gills going mm. on. They've found a way around that as well. This is genius. Imagine a grid, right? So you've got a series of bars, slats, fitting each other like that. Kind of like and, teeth on a zip or yeah. interlocking. Sort of yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or a grid in the ground. There's bars and there's gaps for the water to go through. And they, they allow oh, the okay, heat yeah, or yeah, air to go yeah. through there. If you look at it, I'm holding my two hands together. So I've got sort of four gaps where my fingers meet. You're only allowed to have one gap in this area. So what they do is they pull the fingers away from each other slightly, connect the two outer fingers, and in the middle, they're not quite touching. That is technically one hole. It may be the shape of my fingers, but it is in fact a grid. Oh no, it's one hole, but it's a set of gills. They don't quite touch. It's difficult to imagine. You need to put a picture of that. I will draw that. Yeah, Yeah, I see what you mean. That's a clever solution. So at one end of the scale, you've got this incredible attention to detail from the great teams, McLaren and Ferrari, who are measuring things at every point. They're measuring the temperature of the car as well. At the other end of the scale, you've got Marussia. Marussia. Can I say it right? Not Marussia. Marussia. Who are running with a GoPro gaffered to the rear end plate of their no. rear wing. I mean, that's got to mess up your aerodynamics. A really great GoPro camera slapped. And then Force India were running with a whole DSLR mounted on a monopod just in front of Misery Guts, Paul de Resta. But, you know, they were doing filming, clearly. Well, not they, doing they, they wanted to get a picture of a really fast frown or something. Or a, <laughs> like, a 200 mile an hour diffident expression or something. What happens when a man sighs at 180 miles an hour? <laughs> oh. And of course, one of the big stories here at Testing in Barcelona is the rear end of the new Williams, which looks like he has an enormous chunk missing. At the moment, we can only speculate how they arrived at that. Oi, Williams! Oh, God, he's here again. Oh, quick, come on. Oi, it's me, Patrick. Head, where is everyone? Just popping by to see how everything's getting on. Hello? Hello? Hmm. I must have gone for lunch. Which reminds me, I'm ruddy starving. Grr. 
This looks tasty. Catch it, though! What? You've just taken a bite out of the new car. Why did you put a balsamic glaze on it, then? That was oil. Well, it's delicious. It's the only back end we had, and we haven't got any money left to make another one. Oh, this will completely compromise next week's test session. Oh, that... Well, do you want me to do the catchphrase, or are you going to do it? Because it seems to me you're probably... No, no, you, you have to do it. You, no, we, we can't... I know it's Williams, but it's your thing. It just thing. seems that you're probably more annoyed about the situation than I am. So no, I'm but you, you, you'll do it better. Are you sure? Yeah. Fine, I'm giving you the last chance here, OK? If you don't want to do it, I'll just do it, all right? Just, but just, I'm warning you, I'm doing it now, OK? Just do it and leave the pit. Fine. Oh, bloody hell! Hey, Petrol! We got a Jones on speed! There is no doubt that if you want an advantage in F1 at the moment, you have a superb technical director or a genius designer like Adrian Newey. So there's always a bit of movement going on off the ball while people swap and move around in Formula 1. But the hot news this week is to do with Paddy Lowe. Do we call him Paddy or Patrick? He calls himself Paddy, doesn't yeah. he? I've only, I've only ever seen him as Paddy Lowe. So. Yeah, who is a McLaren man through and through. Does that mean he's dull? Oh, means he's good. Mm. Means he's very good. Very clean. Very clean. Are you allowed to call yourself Paddy if you were christened Patrick, but you are not of Irish descent? I think with the consent of either the cause or Jedward, you are allowed to do that. What about Bono? Yeah. You have an executive yeah. role still in the Oh, Bono can do it on his own. Irish it takes two, really? okay. two of Jedward, three uh, of the cause, one Bono. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I just wondered, because I think it's such a quintessentially Irish thing, and if you were from, I don't know, Western Supermare, and you've yeah. never been to Ireland in your life, nor were any of your family from there, but you suddenly thought, yeah. I like the cut of this paddy jib, I'm going to get in on some of that. Whether you'd be seen as inauthentic. Yeah, it could be seen as a bit presumptious. Because Paddy know, Lowe, Lowe, Lowe to me. Assuming a bit of Irish identity if you're not actually sort of entitled to it. Yeah. yeah. Lowe sounds like a very English surname to me. Lowe, L-O-W-E. Yeah, Lower. I think it's probably Dutch or German, Lower, originally. But and Saxon, Paddy yeah. Yeah, so, is a bit uh, casual for McLaren. Paddy, yeah. Mm, Patrick. Yeah. Pat at a push. Pat. <laughs> but not Paddy. Paddy seems a bit flippant. But he's not going... a McLaren name, is it? So Ooh. Paddy, Patrick, Patrick, Patrick... Uh, Low is uh, whatever he's called. He's on his way to Mercedes. He's on, yeah, he has, despite denials from uh, Ross Braun in the recent past that anything like that was going to be happening. There's a bit of a power struggle going on at Mercedes, I think, isn't there? I think so, Mercedes asked um, what's his name, the Walrus of Love, uh, Norbert Howe, Norbert Howe, to leave, didn't they? Or oh, they encouraged him to leave, didn't they? I think that's right. Um, allegedly, they've put Nicky Louder in there. That's a great idea. He said ironically. Um, <laughs> but I, then you've got Toto hungry like a wolf coming in yeah. as well. But yes, there were rumours that Ross Braun and Nicky Lauder didn't always see eye to eye. But then... Ross is much taller than Nicky. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but then, yeah, the thing you were into, Zog, about Ross Braun denying that Paddy Patrick yeah, Lowe was yeah. coming in. Suggests he wasn't keen. I think he emphatically said, he's not coming here unless I decide to leave. And if I decide to leave, then he will come. And now so he's it, going there. So does that mean that this will be Ross Braun's last season with Mercedes? I don't know. I mean, it can't honestly say that I know how good a technical director Paddy Lowe is, other than that he's clearly been doing a cracking job for McLaren and they wouldn't have 
kept him on there if he wasn't extremely good at his job. I just think in a way all the power struggles might be going on aside. It says good things about Mercedes this year and in the immediate future. They're clearly prepared to put a lot of effort in, uh, make some difficult decisions and it just sort of suggests to me in a way that they're very serious about improving and they're very serious about giving Hamilton a car that's worthy of his talents. And I'm more optimistic about how that's going to work out now than I was when he announced that he was going there, for example. Unless this is their plan. They want to make Hamilton feel comfortable, so they're just going to hire everyone from McLaren <laughs> and then paint the factory a sort and of grey colour and put a lake out the front and then... Get, and uh, give him the same card that they had last year. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Lewis is your yeah, new teammate. His name is Jinson Batun. He's blonde. Like, he's pretty good looking. Looks a yeah. little bit like a Nico. We've got some bad news. Can you grow a sort of scrubby tramp's beard? Good. And now, look, and look practice a bit like your West Country it? accent. <laughs> <laughs> and can you look a bit more like the lead singer out of Coldplay? Exactly. Yeah, that would do it. That would fool Lewis, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. Lewis seems happy at the moment, doesn't he? He did well, actually, on his second day when he didn't crash into walls because of brake failure. Yeah. yeah. That, that a... Mercedes actually went quick. I know it's only testing. Yeah, important important proviso, but... He was at the head of the timesheets. What did they do to achieve that? Yeah, but he's clearly going pretty well. That's encouraging. And he's uh, got a more positive mindset. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Do they need Paddy Lowe, then, Mercedes, do you think? Do they need it? Well, they think they do. Yeah, fair enough. But he's got to spend a year in Jardinia or something. With the disease Jardinia, the with illness. Tony Jardine. With Tony Jardine. A year with Tony Jardine. A Jardine. year with Tony Jardine. Is that what it is? Imagine. Or have I misread that? Is it actually a year's gardening leave? He's got a I year's... Is years. it gardening or garden leave? Gardening. Gardening is it leave. Because that's what you, you do. Because you spend a year just gardening. See, I thought it was leave. garden leave because you spend a year in the garden. No, no, um, just no, lying on a sun lounge. Although, obviously, if you live in Doncaster, that's no good. You're going to get yeah. rained on. I think in the UK, you can spend more time... I'm gardening than you really can in the garden, in the garden because you true. can do gardening. Oh, but you're in the, the garden when you're gardening. Get out of that one, Poindexter. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, no, no, anyway, I'm sorry. all right, it's I'm, garden I'm, I'm, brackets I'm a too much of a pedant leave. to object your point. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, it's a genuine question because I always get confused. But anyway, he's on garden slash gardening leave for a year. So if Mercedes do need him, they can't need him that urgently. I suspect that perhaps but they so it's him, a win-win so. though. They already know Ross Braun is leaving next year. Mm. Tap knows this is maybe something that's already been decided. And also, they've just stymied McLaren for this season. Because McLaren have had to say, no, that's it. You have to yeah, but, but stiffing one other team doesn't help you that much. You know, If mm. I were Every Mercedes, I, I wouldn't yeah. cut Ross Braun free because some other team will snaffle him up. Imagine Ross Braun doing what he does at Williams, for instance. So if Mercedes were to say, Ross, you know, we're taking control, you have to go, they would have to do it in such a way that says, oh, and by the way, Ross, you're not only going on gardening leave, but you're going on tilling leave for well, five years. I mean, you say this, And but you can't work for another team. I heard a story once that Ross Braun almost left Formula 1 a few years ago because he decided it was all a bit of a faff and he'd rather spend his time fishing. Uh, so I think it would be quite easy just to go, look, Ross, I'll tell you what, we'll keep paying you and we've brought you a carbon fibre rod and here's a map of some canals in the area you might want to check out. <laughs> Bought your little fold-out canvas store. Nice. Off you go, old son. My money would be on, if he's leaving Mercedes, he's leaving F1. Yeah. Gardening leave, though, is the wrong term these days because once upon a time, gardening leave had a real resonance. Oh, no, no, you're not allowed near your desktop computer 
or office where we have the data, you've got to go into the garden and do some gardening. Ooh, well, that's me? it, isn't it? You go, he's look, he's look, he's there's no telex machine in your house, so you can't yeah. possibly conduct business. And your now, telephone it, will cost you a lot to make outgoing calls unless it's after 6pm. Now, are sheds in gardens, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, and yeah, many sheds yeah. are in gardens. Could you, for instance, have you know a number of iPads hooked up to the server or <laughs> in, in your shed? You're talking my kind of shed. Yeah, yeah, well, you see, gardening leave doesn't mean what it used to. Well, also, you could argue that Paddy Lowe is being made to go on sit on his ass and watch Jeremy Kyle leave. Oh, yeah, catch up on a few DVDs. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Every day is movie day at Paddy Lowe's oh, house. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Oh. Would you do that for a year? I don't know. I'd I give it a shot. I'd actually get a bit bored. Or maybe it was just that's a lack of imagination on my part. I'd reckon you'd find enough stuff but to do. But these aren't going yeah, to... I'd actually, that's the other thing. I'd actually worry that I'd waste it from just finding idle things to do, but not no, really you'd... doing something big. You'd but... spend a few days, you know, catch up on a few DVDs. Yeah, and, you know, yeah but I'd sort of feel I should go and just sort of go trekkings with the Andes. But to be yeah, honest, I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys, you know, they've been at it 29 hours a day since they started in Formula One. It will eat you up and eat you up and... And the idea of 12 months doing nothing is probably more attractive than changing teams, isn't it? Do they have someone who comes round, though, from McLaren and checks that he's not been sketching front wings while he was uh, having breakfast? Let uh, me look through your rubbish. What's that? It looks like an airflow diagram. <laughs> Do you know what I have visions of? What's the war movie where they escape from the German prisoner war camp by digging Tom, Dick and Harry tunnels underground? Great Escape. Great, Great escape. escape. Or is it the horse? Which one is it? The vaulting horse, yes. Yeah. Uh, they're walking around empty... Oh, no, 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 Escape to Victory is the football one. The horse is also in Great Escape because they're using the horse to so hide the, the guy yeah, who's yeah. doing the digging. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. You know where they're walking around shaking soil out of their turnips and their trousers but yeah. they've been digging I imagine that gardening leave is probably a bit like that these days, where the guy who's on gardening leave shakes his trousers and out drops a little bit of data, some CFD <laughs> on the front wing, and some of the chap just wanders by with a rake or a hoe and rakes it up and it's takes like it the, back. The McLaren satellite looks in on Paddy Lowe and he's just yeah. ostensibly mowing his lawn. Yeah, yeah. But if you could see closer, you could see that it's actually got quite an aero setup on the front of the mower that he's just <laughs> checking out <laughs> no, on the slide. He's got a really big lawn... And he's marking, uh, yeah, he's drawing he's with the design. mower, you know, with an aerosol. They go, OK, that, that's the design of my new wing. <laughs> Martin Whitmarsh, come in, come in. Thanks, buddy. Um, sorry to call out of the blue. Not at all. Happy to see you, so I am. I hate to do this, Paddy, but um, it's our legal bods, you see. They insist we have to check that you're not secretly designing F1 components while you're on gardening leave. I totally understand, Martin, old son, so I do. Look, I was just doing a bit of the old vacuum in here, so I was. Do you mind if I just finish this last spot here? Of course, Paddy. Don't let me stop you. There we go. All done. I was just about to get myself some lunch, actually. Can I make you a ham sandwich, Martin? Uh, yeah, if it's uh, no trouble, that would be great. That's no problem. Two ham sandwiches coming up. There you go. Uh, wow. That, that was fast. 2.9 seconds all in. Not bad. Room for improvement with getting the plate warmers off, of course. Paddy, I hate to bring this up, but I have to ask you a question. Okay. Paddy, how long have you been Irish? Oh, a uh, couple of weeks now, I guess. 
Bajabas, so it is, etc., etc. Well, good for you, Petty Low. Thanks a million, big man. Wait, excuse me a minute. I've just got to put this wash on. <laughs> Top of the morning to you, Bajabas. Ding da ding da ding da dee. Gareth Jones on Geneva Alco Salon is coming up fairly soon. The car which this week appeared in all the magazines and websites I got very excited about is the thing that they're calling the Bertoni Jet 2 Plus 2, or as I prefer to call it, the Aston Martin Rapide Shooting Brake. Because it is gorgeous, isn't it, guys? Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm, oh. I'm, I don't get as excited by jumped-up estates as you do, Gareth. <laughs> but no, I know, hang on a second. <laughs> Can you hold on? Jumped-up estates? Also, this is a one-off rather than a production vehicle, which makes it a little bit less exciting. Yeah. You know, and it is gorgeous. Absolutely, it's a beautiful-looking car. Swift and practical. Yeah, it's a belter. It's a cracker. Oh, it's brilliant. In fact, I was just thinking that perhaps if the Rapide had looked like this from the off, it would have sort of made more sense in the Aston range. Look, what? this is the practical one. It's not just a DB9 that's been stretched a bit and a couple of extra doors stuck on it. It would have given it a sort of character and a purpose of its own. And also, it would have sidestepped all those accusations of all Aston Martins basically look the same. Well, exactly. Because yep. the back end doesn't look the same. But what Bertoni have done beautifully is integrated the lights off the latest Vanquish and before that, the 177. It's got this sort of slightly different style of rear light. So it sort of follows some of Aston's latest design tricks, but with the front end of the Rapide, which suddenly looks extra special, connected to this kind of shooting brake back. It's great. It is. Do we know who's commissioned this? Because it is a collector, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a collector. It's a wealthy Aston Martin collector, they say. Which, in a way, the field a little bit, is I... a bit of a bummer, because I suspect this man said, I will pay you, Betoni to make me this car that I dream of. And by the way, don't make any more. Don't make any more, exactly. Yeah. If it was Aston Martin, Bertoni said, we're thinking of doing this. It's got Aston Martin's blessing. So if Bertoni said, we're thinking of doing a show car for Geneva, just to see what happens. Hmm. Here it is. Aston's gone, pretty good. We'll give you a call after the show. See what's what, if anyone was interested. And then yeah. they could have done, even if they'd just done a run of 20 or 50 or something like that. But yeah, as it stands, a man has commissioned it, and I think you're right. He would have said, I want this to be the only one. Is this not a bit selfish of him? It is. To allow me, for instance, to buy another one, because you know how much of a shooting brake, an Aston Martin shooting brake. It's a bit selfish, isn't it? Having such a good yeah. idea and keeping it to himself? A little bit, but that's, I guess, what you, you know. If you're an Aston Martin collector, you're pretty well off, you know, and you can afford to indulge yourself in all kinds of ways. And uh, I'm not even wealthy enough to be a Doc Martin collector, let alone an Aston Martin collector. <laughs> Thank you very much. This isn't their first, though. You know that Bertoni did a shooting brake based on the DB5, previous generation yeah, Vanquish, yeah, I think. Yeah. They just called that the Jet 2 a few years ago, and that was proper shooting brake in that it was only a three-door. But this new one, the Jet 2 Plus 2, is a five-door, but it's the best-looking five-door shooting brake that there is because it makes the Jaguar Sport brake look like an estate car and it makes the Mercedes CLS based shooting brake look like an estate car whereas this looks like a kind of a hatchy coupe okay but this raises an interesting point what exactly distinguishes a shooting brake from an estate because in my simple mind a shooting brake is an estate version of a coupe yeah you know of a two-door 
car rather than a four-door car. How does this qualify as a shooting brake? Uh, for me, it's kind of length of the rear overhang. The shorter the rear overhang, the more likely it is to be a shooting brake. Ideally, it should only have two doors. Hang on, there was an Aston Martin shooting brake that had the Ford Focus rear door, if I remember, a few years ago. Hey. Uh, yeah, really. That's The tailgate from an escort conversion. estate, yeah. Not Focus, an escort estate it was, oh. I beg your pardon. And it was well, hard. like the Lynx Eventer, I think, was the Renault 5 was tailgate. Yeah, I didn't know that. Those, yeah. Now, the Lynx Eventer is your quintessential shooting car, oh. along with perhaps the Lance Scimitar GTE. But that's almost really just a coupe. I mean, where's the line mm. go? How would you classify a Volvo 480, for example? I mean, that's just an you see, odd that coupe. that is an interesting one, yeah. yeah that, and using Gareth's overhang formula, you see a Volvo 240, very much not a shooting brake because it has a massive rear overhang, but a yeah. Volvo 480, three doors, very short overhang, but it's still a bit of statey shape. But you need length between the front and rear wheels as well. You need a slightly longer wheelbase and a short overhang to get that sort of coupe-esque stretched low vibe. I think, I think the main the, thing the, the is that you critical would... sort of golden uh, ratio-ish num- ratio yeah, number you, that you relates can, to that. It can be described by an equation. I could write an equation which governed the relationship between the rear overhang and the distance between the front and the rear wheels, and that would be... A shooting bake. So I'll need your mathematical assistance. Okay, we, I'll, this will be interesting. Whether we would, we While have to work on this. you do that, yes. can I just bring up another car, which is <laughs> a Geneva show? It's just a cough. Um, <laughs> one of the other things at the Geneva show, which I think is going to draw a lot of attention, is the production version of the Volkswagen XL1, which is, as yeah. you see, in this very low, sleek, aero coupe super eco super eco it has a two-cylinder diesel engine which i would love to hear because i think it could go one of two ways it'll either sound tremendously interesting or it'll sound ruddy awful but it'll it'll sound like a generator generator. they might as well make it single cylinder it's hybrid isn't it and it has extraordinary economy oh the, the figures are insane it's incredibly light this is the other thing a lot of carbon fiber in it I can't remember how much it weighs, but essentially it's a featherweight. Well and yet, and this is what I find fascinating it, yeah. about it. This is now a production car. It was shown as a concept, and it's sort of part of a general project Volkswagen have had going on to make one of these sort of very aero teardrop shapes. Yeah, for, for at least for ten years. Or yeah, so, they've been faffing about yeah, this yeah, stuff. Didn't the, the guy, who is the former head of the Volkswagen? Pierre. Yeah, he drove one in and a sort of display day, of madness. Yes, on his last day he drove it. Yeah, but that was a sort of forerunner of this thing because it was yeah. much narrower. It was a two-seater, but two tandem. seats in tandem. Yeah. This side-by-side seating, and it's been developed as a production car, so it's gone through all of the same tests and procedures the new Polo would have been through. There have been spy photos of it at the Arctic Circle on a frozen lake. It's been seen hot climate testing. It's been doing everything every other car does. It's supposed to be completely crash-worthy, and it has air conditioning, and it has a stereo. It has everything that a Golf has, but it's capable of 200-something miles per gallon, using that slightly cheaty way they do with hybrids yeah. in the official tests, because yeah, yeah, it's running on electric power. But even so, so still pretty... Still incredibly economical. Impressive uh, it's so economy. economical and so capable of such great things on electric or a combination of electric and diesel power. It only has like a 10-litre fuel tank. Cause wow, really? Well, I think you'll be able to get a reasonable range out of it. It can do reasonable speeds, and they're claiming it can perfectly well drive on a motorway as much as it can just crawl around town. But I just think it's technically interesting it's a big yeah, car absolutely. company yeah. chucking a load of inventiveness and resources at something the anti-roll bars are carbon fiber 
Yeah, carbon fiber is plexiglass windows. I believe all the, the rather yeah. glass. It's like all these little details the, and things uh, like that. And clear. smoke and mirrors generally. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I'm quite cynical about these things a lot of the time, but I just think this actually. I'm amazed to be seen how it works in the real world. But I think on paper this has all the right moves, and it is a production car. Albeit they're only going to make fifty of them to start with and see how it goes because it's essentially handmade. And it's going to be quite expensive. It's going to be quite expensive. They won't say how much, but I think it's going to be eye-watering. They're talking about six figures, which obviously is absurd. For Who's going to buy that? Yeah. Well, I think people who want to make a big statement. I mean, I don't know whether they've homologated it for the US, but they better bloody Hollywood had have done, stars. because Hollywood stars, yeah. imagine that. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. I'm just nipping out in my XL1, because yeah. I love the planet. And yeah. let's not be too cynical about this, because a lot of what they're doing in this car, in terms of productionising and putting into a production vehicle, really lightweight, technologies, you know, those composite roll bars, bodywork in composites and plastics that, you know, weighs a fraction of what you would do with steel and aluminium and yet has the strength and and can pass the really quite tough crash standards that cars have to pass now. Mm. Volkswagen have done a tremendous thing there and so this is more of a genuine car of the future than anything else that'll be at Geneva. Well, this was going to be my Jerry Springer-style thought for the day, my closing remark. The powertrain from this car is going into the Polo. Um, and the up, I think, very, very soon. Mm, so this right. is all real-world stuff. And then, yes, you're right, carbon fibre anti-roll bars, they'll be on the Golf before you know it. This is like the vanguard of stuff that, not just Volkswagen, everyone will yeah, be doing yeah. this stuff if they want to keep you making have to cars You have to do stuff with the power train to increase Let's efficiency. hope, though, as a diesel hybrid from Volkswagen, it's better than that dreadful diesel hybrid that Citroen made that we tested. That was... Oh, let's be honest, it couldn't be worse, so I think it'll be fine. Hey, but you know, Citroen, you've gone another way. You know, the PSA group have got this hybrid air system going yes. at the moment, where they store the energy from braking in a compressed air cylinder. They're pumping air... Right. Yeah, but... I invented that! No, you didn't. I no. did! In my head, I kid you not, when I was... Ooh, 12 years old, 1973, my rally chopper, my yellow Series 1 rally chopper, I used to imagine that the hollow tubes at the frame of the bike were like air pistons. And when I went downhill, it would fill with compressed air. And when I needed it going uphill, I would press an imaginary button. I would actually be pedalling harder. And it would release that power going up the hill. I only ever had that as a fantasy as a child. And now it seems it might actually work. It's quite an elegant well, solution. You're saying, no, I don't know, either it, that but, but, PSA have pursued the childish dreams of a 12-year-old, because <laughs> it's funny, no well, one else and, seems to be doing this. Well, and there's a good reason for it, because in terms of thermodynamics, compressing a gas and then getting your energy back through expansion is not as efficient as a process like storing energy in a battery or a supercapacitor, chemically or electrochemically. Yeah, that's a, you have inherent losses in that. I can't remember the name for the expansion compression thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a name for it. Yeah, there's a limit on how efficient it can be, and it's not all that great. So, to sum up, if you're going to the Geneva show and you like to see something beautiful, go and look at the Aston Martin. Yes. Uh, shooting break. The Jeff 2 plus 2. If you like to see a glimpse of the future, go and look at the Volkswagen XL1. Yes. And if you've got your kids with you, take them to the Peugeot Citroën stand. <laughs> get them to give them some more ideas, because clearly they love it. <laughs> you've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. He was Richard. Goodbye. He was Zog. Goodbye. And I was Gareth. I like the way you think, Richard. And you, Zog. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>
This episode is sponsored by Slots Racer, the number one slot car racing game for the iPhone and iPad. Download it now for free from the App Store. Fans of the show even get a special Gareth Jones on speed car. I want one of those. <laughs>